They're coming to get you. They're coming for you, Barbara. They're coming to get you. This is They're Coming to Get You. My name is Brent Terhune. My name is Gavin Eddings, and I'm here to tell you today that sometimes dead is better. Oh, we're going down that rod. Yeah, the rod uses them up down there, yeah. (laughs) Now we get to play with you. I am so excited to just make the most offensive, like, weird. What's crazy, uh, we're talking today about uh, 1989's Pet Cemetery, based on the book uh, Sapphire... (laughs) <laughs> by, by push <laughs> push based on the cover of sapphire <laughs> no we're talking about pet cemetery based on the book of the same name by stephen king kicking off season six and kicking off our very spooktacular spooky season of they're coming to get you it's halloween time so it's time it's to- proctober <laughs> we're getting prostate exams later this season actually i thought it was rocktober nothing but mandatory metallica all day every day Metallica's going to play a concert in our asses. <laughs> and then, oh, who's there? It's Mr. Spock for Spocktober. Live long and <laughs> prosper. And <laughs> in our asses. <laughs> we're off to never, never ass. <laughs> uh, we're off the rails already. I know. Woo. That's what you come to get here on They're Coming to Get You, a podcast for like three people who seem to really enjoy it. Thank you, three people. We appreciate you. Uh, if you want to become a Patreon subscriber, patreon.com slash they're coming to get you. We greatly appreciate that. That's our plug for that. Brent, Pet Cemetery. How you feel I, about it? Well, I think uh, maybe I'll take credit for this. I think this was my suggestion. It was. It was. I just so happened to have been listening to the audio book of it, and I said, why not cover this? It's kind of fresh in my mind. Yeah. Um. And, you know, I it's one that is spooky. I think this was like a, a USA staple or TNT, one of those, uh, like around October, always just kind of on. Yeah, I think it's on um, sci-fi. I think it was on sci-fi a lot, and also I do remember on USA. Yeah, it's, it's weird how, like, certain networks have those staples that as soon as one leaf drops, they're playing these horror movies, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, Hellraiser, your favorite, and Hellbound, Hellraiser 2 were always on USA. That yep, I love them. I can't get enough. <laughs> Child's Play 2 and 3 were always played back-to-back. And actually, I don't know if you know this, uh, not not to get too off-topic, there are certain things added to these movies on network versions that you remember seeing, but then when you watch it on DVD, they're not there. Mm-hmm. There's a scene on the USA version of Child's Play 2 where at the end of it he blows up or whatever, and he goes everywhere, he, and he gets melted. But in the USA version, because it leads right into Child's Play 3, there's a scene where um, he gets a new head that's, like, formed in the machine. And that's, okay. not, and that's not, like, any other DVD release. That's just the TV version for USA. I think they did that with Halloween, where they were there were some scenes of young Michael in the sanitarium. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because... Sanitarium! <laughs> my ass! <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Mandatory Metallica, they're coming to get you up next. We've got Nickelback. Uh, Proctober. Uh, oh, we're talking about music. I said I wanted to save this for the air, and I can't really talk about it anywhere else. But last night, I saw the band Goblin. Okay. Um, they they showed the movie Demons, which I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. Have you seen Demons, I Gavin? I have not, no. Uh, 
I I waited to watch it and I heard crazy things about it. It's not good. <laughs> uh, but they they played so that they came out. The band came out. It was at the uh, Artcraft Theater in Franklin, Indiana. They they'll show weird stuff. I I saw Friday the Thirteenth and Thirty Five Millimeter. Quite the film. Ooh. Um, there and then I saw the Ghost of Mister Chicken. And it's kind of like an old school theater. And by that, I mean the first time I went there, they started the movie. But before they do that, they play the national anthem. Mm. And people stand in the theater. <laughs> and then they play a Looney Tunes cartoon, kind of like back in the day. They'll show you a little, little cartoon. And then, then they come on, they're like, Dateline 1920, the stock market's about to crash. They play that. But no, uh, so I saw those movies. But I, so Goblin the band came out, and I I kind of was aware of them, but they they did like the I'm holding up the record right now the Suspiria soundtrack, they did uh, Demons, they did a couple other th- things that people would know, and uh, they played music throughout the whole movie, but they would lay out for the dialogue and stuff, but there were parts when it's just no dialogue they would start playing. And it was like a really cool movie experience. And then after that, uh, the, uh, what's his name? Uh, Claudio Cementi was like, do you want some more? He's from he's from Italy. <laughs> so they played for like another hour of songs. And I don't I don't know everything. It's people really that he'd say a song and they'd be like, yeah. And they would play. <laughs> and it's very much like if you like John Carpenter, you like Goblin, probably. OK, But it was uh, a fun experience. To, I've never seen like a movie with a like a live score attached to it. Have you? Yeah, I actually have. Um, that's I've never seen a horror movie do it, but I did go see um, Indiana Jones, mm-hmm. uh, the Philharmonic here. In John Evan- Williams there? Yeah, J- John Williams was there, and he's <laughs> like, it was really weird when he played Darth Vader's theme when the Nazis showed up. I was like, he's making a statement. He's making yeah. a political statement. The Empire <laughs> of the Bad Guys. Uh, but no, I watched the Philharmonic do Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's pretty cool. It, it was cool. Uh, and then they had, it was weird because the movie had an intermission, which, I mean, I get it. You can't just have these, this, the, the, the cellist play through the whole time. You're like, she has to yeah. poop. She has to poop. <laughs> well, the, this, the band, there was like a 90 minute movie. They played the whole time. And then they just went right into playing after that. So they played for like almost three hours. That's, that's a lot. Were, were, you, were you a fan of Goblin before seeing this? I had heard some of their music, but I knew they were coming to town, and I hadn't seen that movie, so I was like, "I'll oh, let's go, let's uh, you know, let's just go take a look at it." So nice, um, yeah, and it's like a, an Italian dub. I think it was was a Dario Argento, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's there, there's a specifically black character, and they made him so jivey, like get out the way, like he like. <laughs> Come it's up like to you sucker. You're like, is this yeah. Booker T? <laughs> yeah, it was like there were a lot of uh, his scenes in the audience where he'd be he'd be like, my girlfriend's missing, and he'd be like, get out of the way, <laughs> like, and people would laugh and like uh, yell at the screen and stuff. So I know they do have coming up Nosferatu with an organ accompaniment. Oh, so I think that, that would be fun, fun to go to. I think that'd be good. I'd like to see Halloween with uh, a live orchestra. I think that'd be good. Yeah, I think that'd be fun. I think that'd be fun. And yeah, but that's really cool that you got to do that. I recently also uh, went to a movie viewing where they played the national anthem, but I was just watching Netflix on my phone at a Mission Barbecue 
and mm-hmm. noon happened. I was like, okay, <laughs> this is really nice. I love this. Did they really play the national anthem at this at that place? Have you never been to Mission Barbecue? No, what is that? Uh, Mission Barbecue is it's a barbecue place that's like real patriotic. I okay, think it's, it's a ch- I think it's a chain in a lot of places, uh, but we have one down down here in Eville, Indiana. And yeah, at noon every day they they play the national anthem. You got to stand up. Doesn't doesn't matter if you're ordering, getting a drink. You got to honor that's, the troops. That's just that's weird, right? Like yeah, it's weird. It's weird. It's like I don't think it's like my grandfather fought for this country and he died for this country, so we can pay him the respect by standing up at noon at this Reasonably Place chain <laughs> restaurant and show him how much he matters to us, USA. Sure. Yeah, I'm I'm all for, you know, sure, be a patriot, and yeah, the troops are important, I think. But it's just odd that it's like, hey, we got to stand up at this barbecue restaurant. Because at 11.59, my wing-eating hand that I've designated to get all the sauce on. <laughs> and then at noon, i got to put it over my heart, and now i got wing sauce all over my shirt. My grandpa died for you to put that wing-sauced hand over your heart. He didn't die for you to eat just regular barbecue, pussy. <laughs> Get some heat on it. I will say, it's not bad barbecue, though. It's actually pretty good. Okay. Yeah. I'll check it out yeah. uh, at noon. When when you're in town sometime, I'll be like, Brent, it's about 11 o'clock. You're getting kind of peckish. Let's go, pay, <laughs> let's go pay tribute to America and eat some mac and cheese. Even if we get it to go, as soon as the clock strikes <laughs> noon, I'm going to stand up. But here. enough about Pet Cemetery. <laughs> I just imagine you getting out of your car and be like, no, no, the barbecue huh. goes bad if I don't show support for the troops. <laughs> they, uh, There were sacrifices made for this brisket. <laughs> oh, we, we are going to talk about Pet Cemetery, right? I think we're at yeah. this movie. Uh, also- I, just, I told you I wanted to tell you about Goblin because it doesn't really fit in anywhere. <laughs> and I it went last night, so it's fresh. <laughs> you really made sure it did not fit anywhere, too. So I really appreciate that. Where you're just like, it's just, it's not, it doesn't fit anywhere. But I thought it was, it's horror. <laughs> no, that's uh, awesome. That is really cool. That And that, that seems like a really cool experience. I'm glad you got to enjoy that. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Uh, so, what was your what's your first foray into Pet Cemetery? Because you, I pitched to so you. You said, "Oh, I had also read the book too." Yes, and by read the book, I have listened, listened to, to it. it also, mm-hmm. and that makes some people mad. If you say you've listened to it, uh, or if you say you've read the book, but you've listened to it, people will be like, "Well, you didn't really read it." It's like it's the same thing. It's yeah. the well, same. the thing is, I'm not going to read the book if if I have to physically read it. But I'm in the car. I'm doing stuff all day. So that's how I consume stuff. Exactly. So uh, did, did your audiobook was it the one read by Michael C. Hall? Yeah, it was. Old Dexter. Yeah, it was really good. He, did, he does a really good job. That's, how, that's, why mainly, that's mainly why I listened to it was I, I like Michael mm-hmm. C. Hall a lot. I like Pet Cemetery. I'm listening to the, the book The Outsider right now, and I was on the fence about listening to it, but it's read by Will Patton. Uh, Officer Hawkins from the new Halloween trilogy. Oh, okay. And God damn, he's like he's like the best person I've heard read audiobooks. I had one that I was listening to. Uh, what is his name? He is from. Uh, what is- I will say, um, if you're looking for audiobooks, there's Audible, of course. Mm-hmm. But go to like go to your local library website or go to Libby that the app Libby because it's free. Yeah. I'm listening to this stuff for free. Um, one I was listening to is uh, Dead Man's Dead 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 uh, like Dead Man's 
something or other. I can't remember what it was. Dead Man's Backbone. It's where we had the race back in high school for <laughs> the uh, my my best gal's hand. It's it's a Joe Hill book. Okay. Um, Dead Man's Clothes or Dead Man's Hand or let me pull up. Sorry, I got to pull up my Audible. But it's read by um, Stephen Lang from Don't Breathe. And that man, okay, a heart-shaped box. It's heart. It's called heart-shaped box. That's close. Dead man's heart-shaped box. <laughs> <laughs> it, it involves a man. It involves buying a dead man's suit. So I okay, could, but it's heart-shaped box read by. Uh, that's a Joe Hill book, actually. Son of Stephen King, who mm-hmm. wrote Pet Cemetery. But it's uh, Stephen Lang from Don't Breathe and the Avatar movies. He does a okay. great job reading that as well. But yeah, my, I. I love that meme of Joe Hill where it says he changed his name so people wouldn't associate him with Stephen King. And then also says it says, also Joe Hill. And then it shows a picture of him looking exactly like his dad. (laughs) (laughs) I hope nobody puts two and two together. Yeah. Uh, But Joe Hill's a great writer. And Pet Cemetery was one that I, my my first foray, watching it on the USA Network, uh, remembering being scared of the cat. And just mm-hmm. the the kite scene, which we'll talk about in depth, and then just watching that, and then reading the book back in like 2018 when it first came out uh, with the Michael C. Hall version, enjoying it, and then um, really just I listened to the book mainly in preparation for the 2019 version, which was very mm-hmm. hit and miss for me. Oh, I I watched the first Pet Cemetery, and then I watched the remake pretty much back to back. As soon as one ended, I started the other one. And this will be, this is, I guess, a spoiler for this podcast, but this remake is far superior to this one. I'm going to say it, and I stand by it, and I hate uh, Hellraiser as well. So Wait, wait. that. Wait, you like the remake of Pet Cemetery better yes, than, than this it's one? So, it's so much better. Okay, I, I'll have to, I remember liking Pet Cemetery. I know they changed a lot in the new one, though. Yeah, it's on my Voodoo if you guys want to check it out to stream it. <laughs> but uh, what did you think about... Did you enjoy hearing the book, or did you enjoy the book? I think it's my favorite Stephen King thing, and I can't pretend to have listened to or read all of it. It's less than ten, and by that I mean four uh, of his books. But uh, it's my favorite so far, and I've read The the Shining, was the the other one uh, that's really good. But uh, yeah, I think that was my my favorite book of his so far. I think it's mine as well. I've tried listening to it so many times. I know it is. Uh, people love it, and I know it, you lo- mean you mean Pet Cemetery. What it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved it. I I've tried listening to it so many times. <laughs> you know who's on first? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I've tried I've tried listening to the movie book it. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, you know, uh, so many times, but that's like forty six hours. Pet Cemetery is is a smooth like fourteen or fifteen hours. Which is yeah. like you can listen to like twenty minutes here, twenty minutes there on your way to work, on your way home from work, mm-hmm. and really get a whole story. But Stephen King's it is just, ugh, just and uh, hi ho, Silver. You're like this chapter is about him riding a fucking bike. That's all this <laughs> chapter is. Uh, but I really enjoyed it. I think Stephen King is amazing. I know longtime fan of the podcast and good friend Robin will like this episode because mm-hmm. like do more Stephen King, do more. Yeah. Well, and I, you know. Has anybody done more for the horror genre movie and book-wise than Stephen King? Pro- you could, there's probably others, but as far as mainstream, it's got to be Stephen King, I think, right? Yeah, the only other author that I can think of who comes close to Stephen King's track record 
in books to movies. And I don't listen. I'm not a big book person. I, I wish I was. I used to read them Goosebumps every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, uh, but once they start, once they stop giving me personal pan pizzas, I didn't give a shit anymore. No thanks, man. No nope, thanks. I'm out. Nope, I'm out. Uh, you just made me illiterate, Pizza Hut. <laughs> when you cut cut the age off. Fail English. I speak English. <laughs> I will say that even though I don't know a lot of authors and stuff, I think the only one who has like the same, as far as authors to movies, I guess Clive Barker. Is pretty good. I mean, he. Well, did, you of just course. said one, R.L. Stein. You have to. Yeah, R.L. You're right, R.L. Stein, uh, Clive Barker, uh, with, mm-hmm. with with Hellraiser and even Nightbreed, and some of those other uh, uh, Candyman. Candyman, yeah. So he's done some stuff as well. So yeah, yeah. but yeah, Stephen King is dead. Definitely like the Stephen King of all of it. <laughs> and I like the thing that. Always stood out to me about this movie is uh, sometimes dead is better. Fred Gwynn, like I don't. Do you love Fred Gwynn as much as I love Fred Gwynn? I do. I I love Fred Gwynn. We did the monsters episode a couple seasons ago with the Hot Rod Herman and <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. And it, it's weird seeing him in color and like old and interacting with regular people. And not like hamming it up as Herman Munster. I, you know? I okay. I he's hamming it up in this in a in a much different way. Like he goes all in on that accent. The accent in this is almost as thick and like kind of fakey as Clarice Starling in Science of the Lambs. Like Doctor uh, Lecter, but it's like uh-huh. the road caught him up now. Yeah, the the road got him, Doctor Lecter. <laughs> Uh, well, in the the Michael's was it Michael C. Hall, right? Yes. He he reads the book and he does a great you know Judd Crandall from the movie. I don't know, you know, I don't. I just he's doing that what uh, that main accent or whatever. But everything he start he says starts out with, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You don't want to go down that road. Yeah. Uh, he, he says rod. <laughs> yeah, the rod. Yeah, the rod. This movie starts out really hot, though. It starts out, like, immediately. And I, I took some notes on this one. And I will say, um, not to bum anybody out, but this was kind of hard to watch right now. Um, a few weeks ago, uh, Stephanie had ba- basically taken in a kitten that was, mm-hmm. that, that was very sickly to, like, foster. And we got it back to good health. And then, unfortunately, this kitten did um, pass away. It didn't make it. It just got real sick and then died as kittens oh. do, do tonight. So that was really tough, and I was the one who had to, like, bury the kitten in the backyard. So this hit extra hard because I'm like, <sighs> burying a pet was just very, literally fresh on my mind because it only happened, like, two weeks ago or something. You didn't tell me that this happened. I know. I, I saved it for the I saved it for the air. For the air. <laughs> I saved it for the podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't do anything right. Well, I, I've I've had pets and had to bury pets, and I have you know I have two cats right now, and the you know the scene when he shoots Church with the morphine, I'm like I know this dude's evil, but I don't want to watch an animal die. Like I think what you know most people can agree, somebody dying in a movie, cool, kill him. Yeah. But when the dog gets killed or the cat gets killed. It's like we all have, we, you know, not everybody, but ha- most people have pets, and you just think about that's my pet dying, you know? Oh yeah, the the example I always give is in the remake of it. I was like, 
Fuck yeah, they ripped off Georgie's arm. They ripped a child's arm off. That's awesome. I love this. Yep. But the moment the bully points a gun at a cat, I was like, don't you fucking dare. I'm going to riot. Don't you dare do that. I don't care that that you just carved like fat boy into the little chubby kid, but don't you (laughs) dare shoot that pretty kitty. I still have it carved on my stomach right here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I I think, you know, Stephen King has said that he's like, I should. I don't know if he said I shouldn't have or I wasn't going to publish it because it's such a dark book. And you you know, I uh, are both childless. We're both barren. Yeah. We can't have children. <laughs> Our wombs don't work. And uh, I can't I can't relate to the aspect of a child dying. I don't have a child to die. I can I can be empathetic towards it. But as far as I can go is pets. But that's the, the dark thing about this movie. And, he, and Stephen King said, this is the most terrifying book to me. And to me, I would, I would think it's terrifying because what if you had your child die like Gage dies and you knew you could bring them back, but you know, it's not going to go well, but you'd rather have them than not have them, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, my, I have a niece and a nephew and my nephew just turned two back in March. So he's like two and a half now. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's gauge age. He's gauge age. And I was like, and he loves kites. Let me tell you. No, uh, <laughs> we live out by this rod, <laughs> the rod. He loves trucks going real fast and kites and being unsupervised. <laughs> But no, what are you I, doing? I'm being unsupervised. <laughs> I am ingovernable. You cannot govern <laughs> me. I'm ungovernable. Anarchy. <laughs> but so that so this is awful for me because it's like I have a nephew the same age as Gage. I just had to bury a kitten. That's depressing. Yeah. Uh, and I saved it for the air. I said, <laughs> but I could. I, I think about that sometimes. Like, if anything happened to my niece or Ned, I feel like I would be crushed because they are so perfect little human beings. Mm-hmm. And my nephew is like, he has like, like that same kind of like gauge voice sometimes. So he'll be like, yeah. Blippy, Blippy. And I was like, I'm, uh, I'm going with you. Uh, no fair. So I yeah. did, uh, I saved, uh, did you know the, the, the voiceover artist who did gauges? Voice also did the sound, of, the baby sound effect from Aaliyah's Are You That Somebody? <laughs> did you know that? Is that a real thing? Did you hear it? No, it sounded, uh, I, I think you just summoned the, did you just play the record from Evil Dead right now? Because that's what it sounded oh, like. Oh man, I instead of Aaliyah, I typed in Necronomicon. <laughs> Fuck. Oh no. Oh, I'll wait a, a damn below. There's a tree vine going up my <laughs> vagina right now. I don't like this. Barren no more. Uh, no, it's uh, it's it's a little baby sound effect, but uh, but it's like the perfect little baby voice. It is in really this scary. Movie. Yeah, Miko Hughes, he does conventions and stuff. Like he was the, he did that age when he was like two, and he's been making money at cons ever since. Man, I just wish my parents were overbearing and pushing me into stuff I didn't want to do as a child, so that I can do cons. <laughs> just pushing you into trucks. That's hey, whatever it takes, man. Whatever it takes. Uh, Stephen King said he didn't want to publish it, and this was inspired by like his son almost getting hit by a truck, mm-hmm. and like and his he, daughter's cat getting hit. Yeah, so just an all around, he put it in a drawer for like a year, and then was like, I guess I should probably publish something. So whoops. I think he owned he owed his publishing company one more book to get out of the contract. I think that's what it was. I wish I had that, like. 
if I could just get out of something and be like, oh, I gotta give, let me just dust off this fucking finished novel I just got <laughs> tucked away. I think Miles Davis did that where he wanted out of his contract, so he recorded like six albums in a day. That's not accurate, the numbers, but it was like, guys, and with jazz, you can just kind of play. Yeah. You know? So I think he did that, though. He's like, we're going to do eight albums and get out of this shit. <laughs> this horn song sounds slightly different than this horn song. This one goes, burr, 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 and this one goes, burr, 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 burr. Burr. I like when they get the plunger on it. But it it starts out. They move into this new house, and uh, and Lewis, uh, the dad, is the the doctor at the the university there. Yeah, he's 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 a new he's a doc. And I love the way his wife's like, "This is perfect, doc." Like, is this her first time seeing the house? Because she acted like she had not seen any of it. Like, wow, it's so like. Did you not go on house hunters together and pick this? Or <laughs> yeah, I'd I'd love to see uh, Jed or uh, yeah Judd as. Um, Oh, we like this house a lot. <laughs> uh, I really like to got that open concept, Rudd. <laughs> Rudd. Um, yeah, I think in the book, and again, I'll mention the book, and I'll mention the, the now that I've, they're too close together, they all blend together, so I need you to correct me, Gavin. But I, See, I, I, good, I'll correct you on a book I listened to five years ago, but I did watch see. like, uh, I watched a YouTube video that IGN did, and then a YouTube channel called Spooky Astronauts. She did a really good comparison of like what's different. Mm-hmm. Um, which is like uh, the movie version, no Wendigo. Absolutely no Wendigo. If you're here for mm-hmm. hot Wendigo action, you got a Wendigo somewhere else for it. That's true. No, There's no bones walking around in the woods because, after all, it was just a loon. Yeah, and then uh, Judd in this is just a single man. He doesn't have uh, his wife. He's just uh, he's just out there hanging out, living life Isn't in the Isn't she in there? She's got stomach problems. No, that's their housekeeper. Is it? Yeah. Okay. It's already. I'm already correcting you. That's right. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but so in in the book, I think uh, Lewis flies out to look at the house. Okay. But uh, immediately we got this cat, Church. Yeah. And he's a good old gray boy. Growing up, we had a gray cat named Gandalf because Gandalf the Gray, which I didn't mm-hmm. get until about 2001 when a movie came out called Lord of the Rings. Now, was that like your dad's doing, your mom's doing? My dad's doing. My dad's a big old nerd. Like, I'm a second generation nerd. Like, my dad loves comic books, loves uh, high fantasy, mm-hmm. um, loves uh, loves some good old source and sorcerer, sword and sorcery stuff. So, yeah, he was a big fan of Lord of the Rings. So, he's like, he's a great cat. Gandalf, I get it. And then when that cat unfortunately passed away, did he come back as Gandalf the White? He did. He did. Uh, we buried him in some uh, good Indian burial ground. He came back and was like, I missed you, friends. The ground is sweet. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you did you say you shall not pass? <laughs> but he's passed anyway. Yeah, yeah I, I did. A, you shall not pass. And he's like, bet. <laughs> Watch me. <laughs> Watch me. <laughs> First off, if any cat ever just said bet and then died, I'd be like, fucking respect, man. Yeah. Wait, no, you just started talking now? And then he's like, I hate Mondays. (laughs) There is another Skywalker. (laughs) What? Hold on, what? Hold on, what? (laughs) 
What are you talking about, Gandalf? Come back here, buddy. Come back the, here. The, this is different movies now. <laughs> I'm going to make him offer he can't refuse. Uh, but but uh, the, the daughter, was it Ellie, uh, is concerned about church getting uh, used up in the rud. Yeah. Judd Crandall, uh, he takes some big swings here. He first off saves uh, this kid, Gage, wants to be hit by a truck. Immediately, movie starts. He's like, I want to get hit by a truck. Judd saves him. Then immediately, like, starts talking to the family. And, like, within two minutes, it's like talking to their daughter about death. And it's like, this new neighbor's kind of overstepping here a bit. <laughs> well, and the, the script was written by King. And, you know, what is a 15-hour book or whatever it was? So it's whittled down to 90 minutes to two hours. And I, th- I think if there's anything with the adaptations of the King stuff that I've seen versus re- I've watched more than I've read, but it seems like every Stephen King thing should just be a mini series, right? Cause he's such a, an author that packs so much into books that it's, it's hard to like have a 90 minute version and not lose some stuff with it. Right. Exactly. So that book you're reading now, the outsider, um, mm-hmm. it's an HBO series. I don't know if you know that. Yeah. Yeah. I want to check it out. Yeah. So that's really good. It's, it, and yeah, because his stuff has so much character development and things like that, you almost need it to be longer. That's why, for all its fault, like it chapter one was like a tight, great Stranger Things like movie. Then to get Stranger Things chapter two, like, well, it has to be three hours, mm-hmm. and you will not be invested as much as you were in in the kid part. Uh, but you, that's still like a, it's still like five hours. You you can just out a forty six hour audiobook into five hours. Which and you had to make changes to it to make it more modern as well. Yeah, but it's it's uh, written by Stephen King, and I wanted to talk about this on the show too. Directed by Mary Lambert. Have we? I'm thinking, have we had a, a woman director on the show? Have we talked about? It might have been Goosebumps or Are You Afraid of the Dark? Mm. But it, not, and that we don't really focus on directors every episode. But I'm th- I'm trying to think if we've had a, a female director. I think that we've so. talked I think about we've had this. some broads direct something on this show. I think probably like we've done like fifty movies or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so far, let me see if there's but, anything that comes to mind. And then here. also, this is a spoiler for I think next week she directed Hall- uh, Halloween Town two. Just so you know, Gavin. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. I'm looking through here. I don't think I'm seeing any women directors here. And yeah. she also did Pet Cemetery too. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I'm not seeing any women directors, so th- this might be our first female director that that we've covered on here. How did she fall short to the superior men? Uh, <laughs> well, I think I think when all the characters got their periods at the same time, that yeah. wasn't in the book. They're and... just emotional. They'll dig up a child, bury him <laughs> in the pet cemetery. Ugh, I hate it. They're, they kept talking about mer- Mercury and retrograde and moon water. Ugh, it was very out, <laughs> out of place. You gotta charge my moon water. <laughs> gotta charge. Moon water is just water that's outside. Like, that's all it is. <laughs> that's all it is. Uh, but you've got... I, I thought she did a really good job. And for her to, like, really fight for this and to, like, try to keep... and to, You can tell... A woman directed it in, in like a good way because, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, fuck, does that is that shitty? <laughs> Be like, you can tell a woman did it in like a good way, not like a finish, bad. Way. Finish the thought, then I'll tell you if it's bad. <laughs> in a good way, like it was about fashion. No, uh, <laughs> you could tell it was like in a good way because you could really tell that 
she brought like the grief of the loss of a child. I don't know if Mary Lambert has kids, but mm-hmm. losing a child for a mother is just like it's it's awful for everybody, but it's awful for a mother especially. Do you? So that's the overall. You know, one of the the themes of this is loss of life. Like, yeah, there's a lot of themes in this, and especially we're jumping all over the place with the different iterations of this, but. You know, from the jump, it, death is looming, and we know it's we're going to lose church, and the church is going to come back. And then we we get the moment where Lewis is like, "Has has anybody ever buried a person up there?" And and uh, you know, uh, he loses his shit. I, I, uh, I, I Judd, he's like, he's like, Jesus Christ, why would you ask that? Of course, you have to ask that. He just showed <laughs> us how to bring back a dead cat, and you know, to be like. Could you could you bring a person back? How dare yeah. you even suggest such a thing? That's like if I microwave frozen macaroni and cheese <laughs> and it was good, and I was like, "Can you microwave something else?" Jesus Christ, no! <laughs> Can I microwave a burrito? Oh my God, Lord Almighty! Uh, Hail Mary! What about a cat? <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus, Mary and Joseph! <laughs> oh no, you can't be microwaving no burritos. You have to get it from the tamale man down the street. You know those uh, main Irish people. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lordy, how dare you! What are you doing? Oh, G- you, he went down the road. He went down the road to get the Irish Spring. You mean lucky charms? <laughs> but it's it's that you know this movie is not like I don't know that you leave this movie like man. I'm happy I watched this. You know you, you want to be in a good place because it's only going to make it worse if you're in a bad place watching this. Yeah, so I'm in a real bad place when I'm yeah, watching Yeah, you had to bury a kitty. Had to bury a kitten thinking about about my very much alive nephew. Uh, mm-hmm. He is very much alive. I don't want, I want to think that. He's, he's very healthy. He's, he's like, not like my brother. So. Yeah. <laughs> God. By the way, what? how long before... <laughs> is there an expiration date on burying somebody in a pet cemetery? <laughs> I'm just asking, I'm, you know, I'm, who, I'm, me? No, I'm I, just hanging around. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just saying, I mean, could you put like part of him in there and see how that goes? Yeah. Can I put a foot? <laughs> can <laughs> I get you, a foot? Could you though? I wonder if you like, like put a, uh, could you, is that where cousin it came from or, or from uh thing came from? The thing. Yeah. Thing. Not the thing, the th- uh, thing, yeah. but yeah, those are the rules of, cause we could talk about the pet cemetery. It's uh, what's the, uh, Mick, is it Micmac? Paddywhack. Paddywhack. <laughs> uh, give a talk of bone. <laughs> I'm sure they really hate that. They're like, yeah, I'm sure. Who have we upset so far? Native Americans, the Irish, yeah. uh, <laughs> anybody with a slightly different accent than the mid Midwest mm-hmm. dribble that pours out of our mouths. Yeah, this the ambiguously Midwestern accents. Oh, just uh, let me sneak past you. Oh, uh, so I do you like the concept of the pet cemetery being? a Native American uh, burial ground, because that's kind of a trope in, in movies, is the, the Native American blank, you know? Yeah. I think it's great. I don't know how Native Americans feel. They're just like, can we just bury people without it being a thing? Well, the, and the, they knew it was Sawa. That's why they stopped burying yeah, people in there, you know? Yeah. I think it's cool. I think it's a nice... Um, I think it's a nice way to like tie everything together, because everybody knows, like... Indian burial ground, something bad's gonna happen. It, it's a crappy stereotype, but like it's it's a very well known horror trope that mm-hmm. if it's like a and the shining. Yeah. 
this one, what uh, pol- was it? Not Poltergeist, really, but that's burial grounds. You know, yeah, Poltergeist because they didn't move the bodies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's like a it's like a trope, and I in the book and then the remake, I think they do a better job of you know to even get to the burial site. There's a lot of shit going on in that forest. Yeah. Even if you don't make it there, there's, there's the Wendigo. Yeah. Walking around, there's creatures. Like, I would love to explore that area more of this story. Like, that's where you can have the Pet Cemetery, the series, where they spend an episode or two learning about these creatures and beasts out there. Yeah, and not and not to go too weird with it into the remake, which I saw once in theaters four years ago, so it's not fresh mm-hmm. in my mind like it is yours. But they tried to, like, expand that. And the reason we're covering Pet Cemetery. Is because um, later this week on Paramount Plus they have a new uh, streaming movie called Pet Cemetery Bloodlines, I believe it's mm-hmm. called, and it's gonna it's a it's a prequel with like Judd Crandall as like a younger man. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see how that goes. So we'll also be covering that at some point, hopefully this weekend. Yeah. But they in the remake they tried to like have the kids with the drums and stuff. And like the kids going to the pet cemetery, which was never in the book at all, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see how they like explore that in this prequel series. Yeah, I just I would have loved to explore that area a little more. Even in the book, I would have loved more of that because I, in my head, I'm just picturing fog and just legs. You see huge legs moving around in the trees and stuff. Yeah, and the thing they climb over in this is just like a branch and like branches, but in the book it's like bones. It's, it's Yeah, was it called the deadfall or something yeah, like the dead, that? Yeah, the deadfall. And I'd forgotten in this, because uh, I read the book a couple years ago, like I said, and then I watched the 89 version. Mm-hmm. Uh, now that's before the 2019 version came out. And I forgot that like they show the regular pet cemetery that's like the okay one where it's just like dead rabbits and goldfish. Literal a pet cemetery yeah. of And I was yeah. like, oh that but I was like, oh no, if you go above this, it's just like a barren wasteland of like rock to bury your stuff in. Yeah. What what do you think happened with to make the ground sour? Was uh, it the Wendigo that moved in and stuff? The Wendigo <laughs> The Wendigo was like, Yeah, I can start a family here. Yeah, this is my stomping grounds now. Because it's never really explained in the book what made the ground go sour. Um, sour. And you don't need it. It's you, just, you yeah. just have to, it's like, I don't need a reason why the zombies happen. I just need to know they're there, you know? I was under the impression that maybe they did it too much. Or they, I just imagine there's like one person in the tribe who keeps dying and keeps getting brought back. And they're like, all right, the ground is now sour. We've brought Keith back so many times. We can't, yeah. we can't do it anymore. Uh, and I, uh, well, here, let's jump to one of my notes. Uh, we talked about Mary Lambert, uh, directing, but the, the film rights were sold to George Romero. That's sorry. George A. Romero. I don't know if you, sorry, oh, my apologize okay, to the other George Romero. Good, good. The guy from not, not living dead and not just some guy named George Romero. Yeah. So it's interesting to think of what this movie could have been. Uh, you know, I, th- I think this version is just fine. The one we're talking about, but it's. When you put it in the hands of a you know another legendary historical you know horror director, you th- you just kind of think what what his version would have been you know. Oh yeah, I I don't always love some of the choices that George Romero made mm-hmm. in some of his stuff. So I think Mary Lambert does a fine job in this. This isn't my favorite movie either. Um, I yeah. think it's I think overall I'll, I'll go. I think it's a good movie. 
But it's a very, especially to read the book, the pacing is so breakneck that you really don't get a feel for anything because everything kind of takes its time in the book like you would mm-hmm. expect it to. But this is just like, move, move, move. Pascal mm-hmm. is like a much bigger role in this, which we can talk about uh, now, I guess, because... He's uh, almost comedic relief in this. He's funny in this version. Yeah, it's weird. I also kept getting confused. I'm like, is that Jacob? Is that the guy that plays Jacob on Lost? It's not. He just looks <laughs> like, like, kind of similar. But there is an accident on the on uh, Lewis's first campus, day. right? Yeah, and it's just this guy who gets hit by a car, and like his brain's all hanging out, and then he becomes like uh, American Werewolf in London, like the comic Ghost Relief. Yeah, it's yeah. I was gonna say it's uh, you know. What Jacob Marley, like the Christmas you know, Carol, the yeah, the Christmas Carol, the uh, whatever the word is, uh, but like the guy that follows him around is like, hey, don't do this, mm-hmm. but then like brings him out to the pet cemetery to show him. <laughs> He's like, don't think about. It. Um, I wrote in the notes, it's gotta suck to die wearing your short, short running red shorts. And then mm-hmm. the rest of your life, the afterlife, like my brain's hanging out. I'm all, my legs are cold. It's just not having a good time. Anywhere in short shorts, like if somebody in the 90s died in their Jinkos, <laughs> now they're like, I can't believe I wore those. Uh, you're just walking through heaven, stepping in puddles. You're like, now my jeans are wet. And uh, I'm not going to make it to the Slipknot concert in time. I'm Kevin Smith in it out here. <laughs> Big shorts. <laughs> And, and they, they warn, they say, hey, you should get church neuter because then cats don't wonder. So one of my favorite lines is, I don't want church to get his nuts cut, daddy. Yeah. Daddy. <laughs> daddy. Please don't. <laughs> oh, and then that that's when um the housekeeper tells her, or is like, thanks for teaching that to our daughter. The housekeeper mm-hmm. is a weird character. Like, she's just there to complain about her stomach pains and then hang herself. Which this is the third movie in a row where we have hanging. What what else do we have? We had the nun, then the conjuring, oh, yeah. and now oh, this. Oh yeah. So and next week uh, for a twist when we do Halloween Town. <laughs> <laughs> when the Halloween Town episode comes out, I'll be like, oh, when Marnie just can't huh. take life anymore from that theater balcony. <laughs> it's all for you, Damien. <laughs> Uh, so we got Victor Pascal kind of, you know, being the harbinger of doom as I was trying to think before. Okay. Um, and then, uh, the, of course church dies and he's like, do you, do you, did your daughter really love her, love him? So they, they take him, he knows he shouldn't take this cat up to the pet cemetery. And he even talks about his dog who got caught in the barbed wire and wasn't the same. And, like that, then they've got the guy who was buried in the pet cemetery. Yeah, and I th- that's Timber. That's where like he, the book really differs because that character in the book is so evil. Like he's telling these men that go to confront him, like you fuck whores, and yeah. like yeah, like it's really evil, maniacal stuff. Yeah, and then later on, like telling their dark secrets is what. Yeah, yeah. and that's what happens later too in. Uh, with Gage because he's like your wife sucks other men's cocks and like god damn Gage like uh, <laughs> the the voice of of the 
Can You Be My Somebody in the Aaliyah song, they did not cover that line at all. <laughs> now, do you think she cheated on uh, Lewis? Uh, I thought you were going to say, did Aaliyah cheat on R. Kelly? Uh, probably. <laughs> <laughs> that illegal marriage. Uh, do you think, uh, what do I think happened? The wife, the wife uh, cheated on Lewis. I don't or think no, so. It was, it was, who, did, who did Gage say that about? Was it Judd's yeah, Judd's wife? Will, yeah. Okay, because in the book, I think that is true. Yes. Like, she does that. But uh, <laughs> that it's, it's got a, that weird, like, to just have an entity know your secrets. Yeah. I don't want I don't want it to. If, for me, it'd be like the entity would be like, I, I've seen your browser history, Gavin. What is this? Why are you looking up nudes of Frankenberry? I was curious. <laughs> I wanted to see if he was more man or berry. What? <laughs> What is DVDA? <laughs> I won't tell you. You have to Google it. I had to think about it. I was like, digital video disc anal, right? Is that it? Is- nope, not that. Uh- <laughs> I know what it means, and I hate that I know what it means. And I'm just like, What's oh. a glass bottom boat? <laughs> What's a rusty trombone? Is that what <laughs> Goblin played last night? Yeah, that was, it was that, man, that was a great song from top to, top to bottom. <laughs> bottom to top, even. Um, so it's the micmac uh indians in Mm -hmm. my notes here the soul of a man's heart is stonia do we get that a couple times in in the movie as well we do and i felt like that phrase like left something off it's like the soul of a man's heart is stonia like then what finish this finish it stonier than what stonier (laughs) than what than a woman's okay uh we get uh so we get uh, you, we can talk about the kite scene. Yeah, uh, um, the kite scene is one of the best scenes of all horror because if you know anything about it, you know it's coming. They're having a good old time flying the kite in there. Everybody's there just having a good time, and then he gets too close to the rod, and he's like, "The boy, the bo- the baby's in the rod. He's going to the rod." Mm-hmm. And then just Lewis just tripping at the last minute, and just the truck. Listening to the Ramones, by the way, just really jamming out there, shifting like nobody's business. And these trucks, you see them just like flying down the street all moving. The Arinko. Drive truck. Drive truck. Anybody can drive truck. <laughs> <laughs> like they're like, there's a lot of things wrong is like, watch your kid better. Also, don't drive so fast. <laughs> you know, like, uh, and, and in the book too, uh, there's a uh, hey ho, let's go is kind of a theme. Mm-hmm. in the in the book from what i remember but like even rachel's like get that baby like i don't like rachel in this movie at all she's just weak she doesn't stand up to her shit parents mm-hmm. her sister died and sucks but also you're an adult with children you're gonna have to face death eventually i just don't like the rachel character yeah and she's losing her shit even you you're all should be watching the kid you know yeah but they're all joking having a good time and then the kite flies through the street, and you just know it's coming. You know it's going to hit him because it has to. And just him in the street, he looks up, he sees it, and then he gets knocked down. But he gets up again. They're <laughs> never going to keep him down. I get knocked down. Uh, yeah, that was uh, what was that a TikTok video you <laughs> sent me? <laughs> yes, I think it's a TikTok video that, that you sent me, actually. Oh, that I sent you. Yeah, yeah. and... Just the scene of just that bloody shoe rolling in there. And that's a scene that, that stuck with me a long time, seeing it on USA. 
Because mm-hmm. you, when you watch a movie on USA, you see part of it, and then another part, and then the last part of it. Yeah. Not like just on different days, different weeks, months even. But mm-hmm. just seeing that little shoe hit the road and like the the mangled kite string too, oh, you know he is just a mangled mess of a boy. Which is when he shows up later and he's not a mangled mess of a boy, I'm like, I guess it wasn't so bad. I guess it was, because we've seen people get hit by trucks in other movies and it wasn't nearly yeah. as bad or it was way worse than this. And maybe it was just like, hey, we already killed the kid. Let's not make him look gruesome, you know? <laughs> yeah. But how do you feel about, about that scene? Yeah, it's not fun. But it's it's all, you know, up to that scene, it's it's looming. Yeah. Like, if you know anything about the movie, even if, even if you don't, when he's like, what if you buried a, somebody? God, Jesus Christ. No, like, <laughs> you, it's just coming, you know? Yeah, you got to bury somebody up there eventually. And I think for me, the Lewis screaming, no, is just so guttural and one of the best no's ever screamed on on, on screen. It is like, it's so cliche for somebody to do that. But also, I think there's a reason it's cliche because people will just do that in real life. What other response can you have to your child dying than... No, you know, like, yeah. And just not only watching your child die, watch your child get obliterated, your small child get obliterated by a truck. And it's also your fault. Yeah. Like it's, it's a lot of people's fault again, but cause he tripped like a bitch. Yeah, man. He, the kid's <laughs> got no skills. <laughs> I was talking, talking about the dad, not oh, the kid. Okay. <laughs> I was no, going to say, kid, this is the no, worst the, game of Frogger I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Don't talk shit about Gage. He made it to the street, okay? He got <laughs> he got there. Uh, he tried to get that fly on the other side. And... <laughs> he, he went up right instead of up left. And, and that's what, and, the, and them's the bricks, kid. Why did the Gage cross the street? <laughs> Trick question. He didn't. He didn't make it. Uh, After he dies, uh, one of my favorite scenes, it's not a favorite scene, but it's just, uh, they're they're looking at the album of him, and I noticed that because they're from Chicago, Gage is a Cubs fan. So, R.I.P. little guy. R.I.P. for being a fictional Cubs fan. But they're at the funeral, closed casket, obviously, and just the parents of her are just so shitty to him. It's not like he threw the kid in front of there. He's like, you should have been watching him. I knew this would happen. And then they have what I what I put in my notes as a funeral fight. Bah, bah, bah. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, shit. World star. World star. <laughs> Yo, we right here. We had this boy's funeral. And the, and the, <laughs> the father-in-law just went straight fucking ape. Hey, yo, hey, B, he called you a bitch. He called oh, you a bitch. Oh, shit, the mother-in-law taking off her hoops. She's taking off her hoops. <laughs> oh, child's funeral. Yeah. Uh, it, this scene is, it's like, I know, like, it's the most tense and stuff, but could you, that's the most white trash shit you could do, is to fight at a funeral. Yeah, or not only fight at the funeral, but knock over the casket. Where the, where, That's where, some jackass shit. Where like you remember on Jackass where they had the the thing where the casket kept falling out of the hearse. Yeah, and there was a body in it. <laughs> There's also coffin flop from I think you should leave. Oh yeah, yeah. Coffin, it's just shit bodies hitting. <laughs> it's just, just bodies falling out of shit wood and hitting the pavement. They should uh, cut the gauges. 
<laughs> casket falling, falling in. Yeah. I've waited a long time for a hit on Corn Cop TV. <laughs> um, I did put in my notes, too. They they just have this fight, and Lewis is about to punch the fucking dad. And somebody goes, get a hold of yourself. It's your son's funeral. It's like, this. he didn't start it. He's yeah. not the one being an asshole. Why are you being mad at him? I knew this was ha- what happened. And the, the beef with them is that I think uh, Rachel's dad tried to cut Lewis a check and say, hey, go away. Don't marry my daughter. So that's the, that's the beef that we don't know about. And in the remake, I don't think there's any of that. Because th- there's a lot of stuff that didn't really have to be in this movie to tell the story. Yeah. And that's when you, ha- when you have Stephen King. He wants the story the way he wants it. But I think for a 90-minute version, you can cut some stuff, you know? Yeah. And I think he does. But there, it does feel weird to just, like, these parents really hate him. for no- he, He's a doctor. Like, why are you... He's yeah, like, 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 it's what? not like he's a stand-up comedian. <laughs> like, you're not gonna take care of our doctor with your little, our, our daughter with your little doctor degree. How dare like, you with your doctor salary? What are you gonna do? Fix people? How you gonna heal people every day? <laughs> like he, he should have just made Lewis Creed a writer. Like he does <laughs> so many other characters. Everybody hates writers. <laughs> is Stephen King's motto. Stephen, what's your pitch? All right, there's a writer. And he's from Maine. <laughs> Good, Nobody I like likes it. him. <laughs> and they're just shit parents because we haven't talked about the scariest part of this movie, which is Zelda. Yeah, the Zelda stuff is absolutely legendary. Uh, like the legend got, you know, that, of Zelda, if you will. Ah, <laughs> I was, I was going to let it sit there for a second, but you were going to steamroll over it. I was like, he's not getting this. It's the I, legend of Zelda. I'm comparing the girl named Zelda to a popular Nintendo game. I love, you know, how Zelda looks with the, the green and the sword. Zelda's my favorite character in Legend of Zelda. I love her. <laughs> when she's on the cover of Zelda, he... Uh, so... Like, we get the the story. That's Rachel's hang-up is her sister died, and she was left alone to care for this sick child. Her sister was a spinal meningitis. Yeah. And, like, just, just, her body's just deteriorated and eaten away and doesn't look good to to look at. And then it's, like, scary as shit, you know? Yeah, she is by far the... She is by far the biggest villain in this movie. Not a Wendigo, not a truck that killed a child, not the ground being sour, just mm-hmm. of a poor afflicted girl with spinal meningitis because she was just a monster. And, like, her parents just hated her. And, she and was, le- left Rachel there to take care of the, She's eight years old. They like, put her in the attic like Hugo from The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah. Well, sometimes you got to hide this. Hide the stuff you don't want uh, the guests to see. When they fed her the fish heads, I was like, this tra- <laughs> this tracks. <laughs> That's why uh, producer wife makes me go sit in the attic when we have people over. <laughs> I'm hot. You're hard to look at because of your spinal meningitis. Just a real, uh, it's like a Hot Wheels. I do wheels. have scoliosis. So. <laughs> it's like a Hot Wheels track, just all kinds of curves. Why do you have to run little cars down my back? <laughs> And they I, go into my crack. <laughs> I wish you had crisscross crash on your back. <laughs> I got a loop in my ass. Because <laughs> it's Proctober. <laughs> We're off to never, never ass. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, just the the Zelda part I think is the most scary stuff in this movie, and and you like you can relate to Rachel of like, hey, she had to take care of her sister who was dying, and and but but it's also I think it's like you you're an adult now, man. You gotta you gotta deal with death and teach your children about death. Unfortunately, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if they just want to let church die, it sucks. But she's gonna have to learn sometime, you know. Yeah, and the fact that like she feels bad because Zelda choked and she did didn't save her, and like she ran outside and like I guess she just got everybody in the neighborhood to be like, "Look, come, Zelda died!" Like, the- yeah, well, and she's relieved. Like, yeah, the, you know, sometimes death is a welcome thing when you know a person is just suffering. You know, yeah, or 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 are insufferable. Yeah, man, if you're just whiny because you back hurts. <laughs> like, God, have you tried even, have you even tried walking normally? Like, come on. God, vape something. <laughs> that would make her even worse. Rachel. Yeah. <laughs> vape nage. <laughs> More cotton candy vape. I want to see some dragons. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that, and then, you know, later when we, we get, uh, Gage resurrected, he's even talking to her in Rachel's voice. Yeah, which is creepy. I don't like that. And, yeah. Um, let's talk about that, though, because we, uh, the Zelda stuff is terrifying, but let's talk about that scene where, first off, I, I wrote a couple lines here, because this is when, um, Ellie and Rachel... They fly back with the shitty parents. I made a note that what is that creepy ass painting on their wall of like a boy in a top hat? That is horrifying and should not hang in homes. Well, and then later we get uh, Gage dressed up as old Willy Wonka yeah. <laughs> in a top hat. Yeah, he puts on the Ritz for us. It's really good. And then. Putting on the Ritz! <laughs> no fair! No fair! Super, Put on the Super Ritz. duper! <laughs> But I wrote that, and then one of my favorite lines the entire movie, it is not ground sour or the uh, the man's heart Estonia or whatever we've been saying all episode. My favorite is Pascal is talking to Rachel like, dude, your husband is gonna go put your he's gonna go put your boy in the pet cemetery. You gotta call him, and she calls the house and nobody answers. And my favorite line the entire movie, which is just so. It's so dumb. The ma- the mother-in-law goes, you know, he's just went out for a hamburger or a chicken dinner. You know how men are when they are alone. <laughs> I was like, man, I'm, I'm eating a hamburger and a chicken dinner right now. Yeah. So. And, you, and your producer wife is watching you and you're, she's like, can I have some? And you're like, no. No, you put me in the attic when family <laughs> comes over. But have you ever heard that before? Just like, that's how men are when they're alone. Is that what you do when you're alone? No, I, I would eat that stuff. I'm not a, I'm not above that. I'm in fact way below it. But uh, <laughs> that's fine dining to me. But like, you would think it'd be like meat and potatoes, not chicken dinner or a hamburger. You know, I've, and that's also like saying, you know, men they can't cook. <laughs> you know, when Stephanie, uh, Stephanie is going to be leaving for a month to go uh, on like a trip for like her job, and mm-hmm. um. I'm not. I'm not counting down the days until she leaves. Like, 
Oh, once she's fucking gone, baby. <laughs> Them chicken dinners. I just see you you slide in the living room in your underwear eating a <laughs> McChicken. <laughs> a McChicken is the best of both worlds because it's like it's, it's chicken, but also has the butt of a hamburger. It's a chicken burger. Oh yeah. So I I thought that was funny. But let's go ahead and talk about oh uh, just digging up Gage, putting him in the ground. That's a lot of work. That's he- heavy. Just digging up your your toddler child, mm-hmm. digging him up, and and producer wife was watching this with me, and she's she said that digging up somebody in a cemetery, you would get caught, and I disagree with her. I think now you could go to a cemetery and dig somebody up, and nobody would even know until they saw the stuff the next day. What say you? Um, I think you're right because I know you grave rob for as a hobby. Yeah, man. How do you think I got this Rolex? <laughs> I was gonna say I like those rings you're wearing tonight. Hey, right. thank you. Uh, These what? hoops. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really like those rings you're wearing. I like the way you have a wedding ring on every finger. That's really good of you. That, that, that's, that's right. That's how I'm living. How they dying, baby? <laughs> Looking like the fucking Mandarin over here. <laughs> uh, Shang Chi, baby. Um. Uh, yeah, I think I think you uh I think you could definitely get away with it. You you can do a lot in the cemetery and not get caught. Have you have you been to a cemetery after dark not for mourning purposes, but like just hanging out as a teenager? Yeah, I made out in a cemetery one time. <clears throat> now why what was his name? <laughs> huh? Huh? Uncle Jeff. <clears throat> oh no, don't, don't do that. I'm going to have to cut that. Let me mark that for edit. <laughs> no, it's okay. He, he really loved me, uh, and I missed him when he died. Oh, no, that, oh that's worse. <laughs> that's how I know. But better? But not as bad, I think? <laughs> I know you won't get caught. The joke is I dug up my Uncle Jeff to make <laughs> out with his corpse. Uh, that sounds like a Misfits lyric. <laughs> I dug up my Uncle Jeff to make <laughs> out with his corpse. I don't uh, want to be buried. I played uh, hide-and-go-seek in a cemetery before, mm-hmm. and I think I mentioned on this show before, I've, I will take a bike ride in the cemetery. Yeah, and I did that 5K in a cemetery, which I mentioned on this show before, mm-hmm. too. So you can do a lot in a cemetery. A lot. But so I, I think you could dig up somebody... And not get caught. Because I think, I've never seen a cop go by a cemetery and be like, let me check on these headstones. <laughs> I, I know they're dead people and you should respect the dead, which you should. But I like to think that if there's real crime going on, that the cemetery drive-by is not something that's a priority. All I'm hearing right now is a great idea for YouTube. Like, yo, what's going on? We're going <laughs> to dig up a body and see if we get caught. But first, be sure to like that, that hit that button and subscribe. Stick it up your ass. <laughs> this would not be possible without our great sponsor, Blue Apron. Blue Apron sends <laughs> meals to wherever you are. Are you eating at a graveyard tonight? They will send that right to your mausoleum. <laughs> Thank you, Blue Casper Apron. Casper Mattress. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for sending this to this mausoleum. Now we're going to go dig up Grandpa and see if we get caught. <laughs> Let's dig up our uncle. <laughs> He's a good kisser. <laughs> I don't. I don't know that Blue Apron wants to be affiliated with <laughs> necrophilia. 
But as long as you show the uncle eating the great Blue Apron meals, they're like, okay, okay, you fulfilled your contract. Like over a candlelit dinner. <laughs> that's a ghost lyric, actually. I think that's a ghost album. When you have a romantic yeah. Blue Apron dinner in the cemetery with your dead uncle. Cemetery dinner. <laughs> this is cemetery dinner. <laughs> cemetery dinner. <laughs> But he 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 buries uh, Gage in the pet cemetery. Of course, uh, old Judd knows. Hey, he's he, as soon as Gage dies, he's like, I got to be on alert because I know what this dude's gonna do. Yeah, because you, you know? it's your fault. It's your fault. He has that one thing too, where he's like, you can't be doing it. Can't be doing. It. I feel like I did it because I showed you them the old Micmac paddywhack track. <laughs> I know I showed it to you. I killed Gage. I'm responsible for your son's death. And he's like, no, but that's a pretty good idea. Yeah. I like, I don't know that. I don't think Judd helped. <laughs> that's, a, that's an understatement. I don't, think like, Judd, I don't think Judd helped by constantly suggesting he not bury his son in the pet cemetery. Well, in the, in the book, it's like, you know, now you're going to be drawn to the cemetery, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, why would you, it's like, I'm going to get you to smoke. And now you want to smoke all the time, you know? You don't want none of this shit, Dewey. <laughs> will, will it bring my boy back? Absolutely it will. I think I do. I think I do want to bury my boy in the I, cemetery. Dewey Cox walking into the pet cemetery. <laughs> you get out of here, Dewey. You don't want none of this shit. Doing blow in the pet cemetery. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> Does Gage scare you? When when he comes back, is it scary? It's scarier to hear a child speak when <laughs> a child should not, like a giggle or something like that, but to just gauge the baby running around, it's like less scary Chucky, who I don't think is scary either. And I, I disagree. I think Chucky is terrifying as a child. I thought Chucky was <clears throat> terrifying. Um, but Gage is pretty scary, and... For me, it's just he goes to Lewis's bag and he immediately pulls out the, the sharpest, nastiest scalpel imaginable. Scalpel, daddy. And then, uh, we talk about hanging on this show as like one of your things. Ankle cuts. Man, ankle cuts. No. And this has one of the worst ones because it's realistic but also fake enough that it makes it look wrong. And mm-hmm. I, 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 I had to look away. And I just binge watched six Saw movies in a row. <laughs> And I was like, nope, can't do this one. Well, there's, you know, the fear I think a lot of people have is when you walk up to her, uh, to your car, somebody's going to be hiding under the car mm-hmm. and cut your Achilles heel. And every time I let you walk away. I appreciate that. <laughs> but it, it's like, I don't know, it's like when you see eye stuff in a movie. Yeah. Or, it's, or like teeth stuff in a movie. I cringe because, I don't know, it's like something about those spots. That I'm like, I also own eyes and teeth. And I don't want you to mess with them, you know? Yeah, just anytime there's a scene in The Sopranos and, of course, American History X of, like, bite the curb. And yeah, it's curb stomp. Yeah, just not, nope, I don't want my teeth on concrete and just getting knocked out. That sounds horrifying and painful and not good at all. Um, yeah, or but when the- you, you, he- you hear, like, somebody had to get a catheter or something up their dick. Well, that's just a Friday night for me. Yeah, it's called sounding. <laughs> I, was gonna, I was like, I bet Brent knows what it's called too. Uh, yeah, I do. Look that up. Listen, I hear that. Uh, uh, I hear that a hard spaghetti noodle 
is quite the way to treat yourself. I'm just saying, when I'm done, that thing's limp. <laughs> you can throw that against the wall and it'll be done. <laughs> do, you, do you run it under the cold water to shock it from to keep it from stop cooking? That's true. I do that. But it's like that, that secondhand cringe when whatever it is you have, that, that pain phobia. Yeah. Like just when you getting your ankle cut. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, for like I like I said, I have been binge watching the Saw movies in preparation for Saw Ten, and I'm like, okay, yeah, they had a the rib cage ripped out, and this man's got impaled in his face and like thrown through a car window or whatever. But did somebody just get a paper cut? No, mm-mm, can't do it. Nope, nope. Or like thinking about having somebody take a pair of pliers and rip your fingernail off. Mm. It can't be the worst pain in the world, but goddamn, does it hurt? I'm sure. Have you ever had your fingernail ripped off? No, thankfully. I did when I was a kid. Uh, I was about Gage's age. Uh, I was a little Are bit you older. flying a kite? No, I was. Um, I, don't, I don't think I've told this story, because if you don't remember it, I don't think it happened. Um, but I was, uh, do you remember growing up when kids would sit underneath the cart in a shopping cart? Like, you know where yeah. you, okay, so I begged, I was like. Where you I, put the dog food. Yeah, where you put the dog food. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The dog pounds, where we called it. Um, I begged my parents, I was like, can I please sit down there and like, no, you'll hurt yourself. No, you'll hurt yourself. Mm-hmm. And then finally they're like, fine, Gavin, you've been good. You can sit down there. And what did I do? I you shot my eye out. in the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> I, put my, I put my dick in the wheel. Uh, no, I saw the wheel spinning and I put my finger on it and it shot up right into the metal piece and ripped my fingernail all the way off. Oh my God. And that hurt, right? It was, did it? It was it was great actually. It felt, good. <laughs> it felt yeah. so good. Now I now if you see me in a shopping cart, I'm always underneath. Like yeah, no, yeah, it fucking yeah. hurt. It was terrible. I ripped my nail off and everything. That's why they at Aldi they make you put a quarter in the cart because they know how dangerous it is. <laughs> is that the, <laughs> that's the insurance premium. Yeah, there's a quarter. <laughs> uh, G- Gage comes back. He's running around, dressed as a little Dutch boy or whatever. <laughs> he's he's the kid on the painter can. <laughs> and at the same time, Rachel knows something's wrong. Uh, she's being visited by uh, Victor Pascal. Yeah, she's really um, she's really planes, trains, and automobiling her way home. John Candy was there next to her, doing the mess around, and also was in the the U-Haul trailer. <laughs> oh boy, your your son just died. I left mine in a funeral home <laughs> for oh, and, and he he came around after like three four weeks. <laughs> Started talking. That'd be a great crossover is Rachel, <laughs> Creed, and John Candy. In Home Alone. Oh, I'd love that. Yeah. But uh, one thing that I did write, because she does, and Pascal is like, is he influencing people to like help her? Or is she saying it to them? or I don't know. I, th- I think she's just getting some lucky breaks. Mm. Um, but he, he's around and, and warning, but he's not doing a very good job because uh, Gage is... Returning from the dead. <laughs> he's, he's a little slow on the draw there. He yeah. cuts Judd Crandall's ankle, and then he just eats his throat and cuts his face? Mm-hmm. Like, hot and, and, damn. And he's working in tandem with Church. Like, it's like these these dead people that are coming back from the cemetery are have, like, an understanding, like a, I don't know, an ESP-type deal. They, you have know? A, they have a working relationship. Yeah, and, like... I think it would be a fun sequel to like maybe maybe two or three people get buried and then they start to flip the town. 
and it, it, they're almost deadites. Oh. They're, they're killing to them, bury them in that pet cemetery and make some kind of army or whatever. That'd be an army of the dead, if you, if you will. Oh, shit. Army of darkness, even. Mm-hmm. I think that, that'd be cool. Do you think they want to do that, though? I don't know. I Probably Stephen King doesn't. But <laughs> Stephen King, please fuck no. what he thinks about. Uh, <laughs> please no. It owns, it's owned by Paramount now. They'll do what they want with the property. I think Stanley Kubrick should... Uh, we should put bury him in the pet cemetery. <laughs> oh, God. And then get him to do... <laughs> oh, God. Right now, Shelley Duvall's like, please no. Please no. Bury me again. <laughs> he, got, he buried himself 137 times. <laughs> get it right. <laughs> and then I'm going to use take two. <laughs> Uh, one thing I did, because uh, as she may make there, she gets. Um, I wanted to ask you, you this specifically, because you're like me. She gets mm-hmm. a ride to her house by a truck driver. Yeah. And my question for you is, did she pay with ass, grass, or gas to get? Nobody there? rides for free, dog. Yeah. So what do you think it was? Ass, gas, or grass? I think she was George Carlin and Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, and you got to make what the road head. <laughs> it's the unwritten book of the road. <laughs> That's convenient, though, that she can just have a truck driver take her to her home, which also is terrifying. Hey, take me to where I live. Yeah, you're on the road. Take- yeah, <laughs> I just dropped off Hosier at church. <laughs> where to, Hosier? Take me to church. Someone take me out of my cage. <laughs> Finally, someone. Take <laughs> me out of my cage. Oh. Um. And she got she goes over there because she what she pulls up and then she hears was it there's like a Rachel and then she hears uh, Gage's voice yeah and then she gets got by Gage at this at this point Lewis realizes what he's done he goes across find uh, finds Judd's body and then somehow this t- Gage this tiny spooky child has dragged his mother up into the attic got her mm-hmm. hanged so that, that's our that's our fourth hanging now in three movies. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Gage does a swanton bomb out the attic. Right on. He's like, oh, <laughs> he swanton bombs out of the attic. And you can tell it's like a child or like a little person wearing a mask at that point. Mm-hmm. Or just a doll just diving out. But man, just, ah. Uh, him with the knife and the or the scalpel rather it's 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 an iconic scene for sure and he's he's dressed like Willy Wonka <laughs> um, um i think that's worse than the red shorts pascal died in yeah now you got to you got to be dressed like uh less clay pool <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting on the ritz <laughs> um and then uh, I guess we can, you know, wrap it up with the, with the ending is uh, Lewis is doing the the heavy drugs into church and then into his son. And his son's like, no fail. No fail. No fail. And then I don't know if Miko Hughes did it on purpose or an acting choice, but he sits down and just slams his head into the door. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, maybe they couldn't get too many takes out of the kid or whatever. But <laughs> Because he was he concussed falls. at that point. And then they light the doll on fire. Yeah. Like, they just lit a child on fire. That's a theme here, because uh, with, with, with little Timmy Bateman, he came back from World War II, and Dad put him in the sour ground. Um, I put... Uh, I don't know why. You could have just killed Timmy Bateman. You didn't have to burn his whole house down. 
Well, I think that's the thing that Lewis had to do is, you know, if you had Gage come back and he's not evil, but slightly off, what are you telling everybody? You had a whole ass funeral. Psych. (laughs) And I mean, it's on worldstar.com. We saw the fight. You're at the funeral. Like I, I don't know what the end game is here, but I guess that's the thing that you're so blinded by grief yeah, you're only concerned about bringing this thing back. Yeah, maybe he's like, we accidentally buried him alive because that—that's like trying to rationalize church coming back. He's like, well, we buried him alive. That's what happened. Mm-hmm. Duh. Wouldn't it be great if uh, while he was buried in the cemetery, that mankind and the Undertaker were having a <laughs> buried alive match in the background? Oh no! If you bury mankind in the pet cemetery, he comes back as Cactus Jack. Actually, <laughs> bang bang. <laughs> Uh, then of course he decides, uh, Pascal's like, Lewis, you dipshit. Like, don't, don't put your wife in the pet cemetery. He's like, no, no. Gage was too, he was, he was too late, but you gotta get him fresh. <laughs> get him fresh. And at this point, Lewis has to have like fucking huge forearms from just constantly digging holes in this stone ground. He's looking Dig- real jack, baby. Digging holes and taking souls. <laughs> as the undertaker would say. <laughs> But that you know, he's just waiting in the chair, and you get the there was the uh, the original ending when she was just supposed to walk in, and you know she's going to return, and he's playing solitaire, and that's the end. But then we get the end, and from the movie is she goes to what they embrace each other, and then she's going to hit him with the knife. Yeah, stab him with the knife, probably. Which I like that ending too, because you yeah. know it's gonna go bad. She is, and she's fucked up. Like I don't know what Gage did to her, but her eyes all oozy, and her skull is showing, and she got one Man, I shoe she on. Was, I thought she was cute as hell. <laughs> she never looked better. You're like, oh yeah, come here, let me, let me grab your Frankenstein ass. Smelling like the earth. <laughs> she a real Ooh. earthy. She Damn, got... bitch, you musty. <laughs> is that patchouli? Is that what? <laughs> Is that what that pet cemetery monster is? Because <laughs> they keep <laughs> they keep talking about how church smells. Like, ew, you stink. It's like what I wouldn't be like. Oh, he stinks. He smells like Axe body spray. Yeah. Like, oh, that ground is sour. Is that is that patchouli or the pussy? <laughs> <laughs> and I think we're done. I think we're done. Overall. This child died. <laughs> uh, well, th- this movie was going to get more than supposed to get made because they made so many uh, Stephen King adaptations in the 80s. But then uh, there was a uh, Writers Guild of America strike, mm. just like right now. I think ours is coming and to an end, though, that finally. I think so. But what's old is new again. And they the script was already written, so they said, let's go ahead and do it. Um, and they did. I got, King once said that this is the only novel that uh, scared him. They were going to have more Wendigo stuff in this, and it just uh, they didn't have time and couldn't fit it all in. They 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 couldn't find the right Wendigo to cast. That's yeah. It's it's very hard to find a good Wendigo these days. <laughs> they probably would have cast a white guy and put him in in, <laughs> in Wendigo face. Wendigo face. <laughs> I mentioned, I think, in the movie or the book, I don't remember, but uh, somebody got attacked by a dog, and that was Cujo. He's creating a world. Uh, Here's an interesting one. Bruce Campbell was the first choice for the role of Lewis Creed. That would have been a good one. I think he'd been good. 
I would have loved to see him have a comic fight with Church the Cat. <laughs> oh God, just fighting the with the cabinets and the microwave and everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, been perfect. Uh, so yeah, those are some of the facts. Any any final thoughts on? I, we've gone real long, but uh, yeah. Well, I mean, when you're covering a book and a movie, it, you a film, a yeah. film even. <laughs> I think it's I, I think it's fine. It's not my favorite Stephen King, King adaptation. I think Church is scary. I love the way they lit up his eyes. I thought that was pretty cool. How they did that. Nobody said anything like, "Why is that cat's eyes glowing like there's a car headed his way?" <laughs> like, what's he doing? Hmm? And you gotta wonder. Back in the day, they were working with real animals. You just hope that none of the animals were hurt. Yeah, and I don't think they are. And uh, according to Mary Lambert, uh, speaking of the cat, she said one of the hardest things was to get the cat to eat the pork chop. Man, put me in a cat suit. <laughs> we'll be one take to hewn over here. <laughs> but Stanley Kubrick is here, and he's like, do it 137 more times. Thank you, Stanley. <laughs> I'm carrying no more pork chop. <laughs> I'm, I'd be like, one more take, Stanley. <laughs> he's like, he's like, no, we got it. You're like... You, you're a perfectionist. One more. <laughs> more sugar water. <laughs> Overall, though, I think it's a fun movie. I, I mean, it's not fun. It's not going to be like, this is not a party movie. Oh, it's not a party movie where the guy buries his dead kid in the cemetery? <laughs> the only part you can put on as a party movie part is the funeral fight, because that's hilarious. <laughs> Just to have that on a loop. Um, <laughs> what was your oh shit moment? Um, oh shit moment for me has got to be, I mean, him getting killed by the, him getting hit by the truck. Like that's an oh shit moment. Either either that or him catching on fire at the end. Cause I forgot that happened. I think it's gotta be Rachel. Oh yeah. Zelda. Mm-hmm. But if you said the truck, it, yours are not incorrect. Thank you. Thank you for that. Best, best kill. Um, gotta be Judd. I think it is. Yeah, because there's not a ton of kills in this movie anyway. Yeah, I mean this Rachel. Movie... You got you got Rachel gets yeah. killed. You got Gage, but then you had Judd. Uh, they should have showed the that. It's weird how they showed the kid getting killed, but not the cat. <laughs> I prefer That's... that actually. It, it, as weird as it sounds, I don't want to see the kid <laughs> get killed, but whatever. Light light that Gage doll on fire. <laughs> uh, is this movie scary? Um, it's un it's unsettling, but I don't think it's mm-hmm. scary. I think the Rachel stuff, the the Zelda stuff, yeah. is scary. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. And I, th- I, th- it's more dread-inducing of what if that were me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't like it. Now, would you bury a pet in the pet cemetery? Mm, no. no, no, no. Ground sour. I've decided how I want my body. This is for you, the listener. And you, Gavin, if I somehow pass away, which is very likely, (laughs) I want my body to be buried in the pet cemetery. (laughs) Okay. How many times? Do this for me. Look at me. Do it. Do this for me. I will put you in the pet cemetery. Okay. At least eight times. (laughs) Be like, he says keep putting him in until he gets a bigger dick. (laughs) (laughs) Bigger. (laughs) The Micmacs can only do so much magic. You're all dick, Brent. I said bigger. <laughs> the Wendigo's like, stop it. We Our powers have limits. You are the Wendongo. 
If you like this movie, I'm going to say you should watch Pet Cemetery 2, the remake. I, I told you, I think it's better. Uh, the Ritual, the movie The Ritual, it's on Netflix right now. And The Omen, if you like creepy kids. I think the Pet Cemetery remake as well. I think if you like Stephen King, you should probably check out it. You should mm-hmm. also check out... Uh, you want to name Stephen King movies until, until you forget everything he's ever done. Also, The Shining. Um, mm-hmm. As far as pet movies go... Uh, are there There's any other... Cujo. Cujo, of course. Yeah. So I, I think that that's a pretty good starting one. What do you think if they buried Cujo in the pet cemetery? That's, he's already bad. Maybe he's good? I think so. Yeah. It makes, Probably not. He's going to be way worse. Yeah, he's going to be like, oh no, we've... <laughs> Cujo can now use a gun. He's learned how to use a gun. It's like Planet of the Cujos. Yeah. Uh, that's it. Uh, next week, uh, dear listener, we already mentioned it. We're going to be taking a, a hard left turn. Yeah. We're going to be watching Halloween Town. Yes, and we'll also have, uh, hopefully at some point, an extra episode for Saw X mm-hmm. as well. But the planned episode that that you can definitely plan on checking out, I think, actually, I think Saw X will be out when this drops. So the next week's yeah. episode will be Halloween Town from the Disney Channel. Uh, and as always, they're coming to get you. No fair. They're coming to get you. They're coming for you, Barbara. They're coming to get you.